You are listening to Zeal Fear House. I am your host, David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Her focus here is on our relationship with our Heavenly Dad and all aspects of His kingdom, moving in greater intimacy with Him. Additional teachings, books, and articles may be found on my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurry.com. Again, thanks for joining us, and let's get rolling with this week's broadcast. Well, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, My name is David Murray, and uh, this is Blog Talk Radio. And in the studio, I'm joined with Ronnie and Dorothy. Um, We're going to move right along into things tonight. Uh, Ronnie and Dorothy and I talked uh, behind the scenes before we went live, so so we've talked, and and I just want to roll into tonight with what God's uh, got to share with all of us in the body of Christ. Um, We're going to be talking about kingdom insights um, and North Korea and the church, and what's kind of what's just what's going on. You know, there's talks of, uh, you know, World War III, there's talks of nuclear holocaust, there's, there's testing, there's attacks on Guam, um, Trump, all these things. Um, and we're going to get before the Lord. I'm going to share some things of, of some insights what the Lord has laid upon my heart to share for your edification. And then it's the body of Christ's job to go before him and without agenda, speak to him about it and see if it bears witness with all of our spirit. So that's what we're going to be doing tonight. Guys, remember, please, a couple of things. Prophecy simply means the heart and intention of God revealed. That's what prophecy is. Prophecy is not the same as biblical study in which we get into the word and attempt through uh, proper biblical study, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, to see where the scripture applies to principles or prophecies of a certain hour or generation. Okay, that's biblical study. That is not the same as prophecy. Prophecy is when the Lord reveals something that's on his heart that is meant to do two things, edify the body of Christ and align the body of Christ to be beating at the same heart, mind, and intention of our Father. Okay, there are two totally different things. When someone is bringing out a study and is getting into the Word to see where Old Testament prophecy has a double meaning, it is not the same as prophesying. Two totally different things. And remember, prophecy or prophesying in the context of what we're talking about, and the context we're going to be talking about tonight, is simply sharing the things that the Lord has revealed to us, his heart, his mind, and his intention. That's it. We are all meant to know his heart and mind, hear from him, and bear witness with one another. So we're going to talk about a couple of things before, you know, after our introduction. How does God move in the world? How is he moving in North Korea? And a word to the American church. Uh, we're going to get into the introduction here and what that is. One of the things that helps us understand, helps our souls, our mind, our will, our emotions, grasp what the Holy Spirit is speaking to our spirit man. One of the things that helps the soul yield and come into alignment with our spirit man, when we're talking about insights from the Lord, there's prophetic oversight, is prophetic foresight, insight, and hindsight. And what greatly helps, if you look through Scripture, you will see many, many times when the children of God recounted the past. 
in order to help the audience understand what God was doing now and what he intends to do. Prophetic hindsight is extremely valuable because if we, to the degree we do not have hindsight or understand where we're tracking, we lose the reference point of where we're intended to go. So uh, that always helps. And I'm going to give a little bit, a very short snippet of some uh, background in what has gone on in Korea. And we're, you know, where a reference point is going to be 1955. Um, there is an ideology in Korea, in North Korea specifically, called Juke. It's also known as Kim Sung-ungism, okay, named after Kim Il-sung, who was the political leader in December 28, 1955, when he addressed the nation about an ideology called Juke. The ideology, the mantra behind this um, really cult, really uh, political religious amalgamation of ideas was that the nation, the Koreans needed no one. They didn't need God. They didn't need outside help. They needed nothing. It was an extreme heightened form of nationalism that was mingled in with New Age mysticism where the supreme leader of the, the um, Republic of Korea was God. He was the divine voice in whom the higher intelligence spoke through. So to sum that up, December 28, 1955, Kim Il-sung, who was the leader at the time, began an ideology of the nation. We need no one. We need no God. I am your God. And Juke is, is what this is referred to, and it is self-reliance. It is the height of the spirit of Antichrist. It is the height of humanism. Okay? The reason why that's important is because fast forward, let time go from 1955 to right now in this present day and age. There is a spiritual hunger going on in Korea. Although it is in South Korea, I'm going to be focusing on North Korea the people and the nation of North Korea, they are hungry for the gospel. One of the things that the Lord, now we're getting into, we talked about things in the natural, okay? Now we're going to peel back the layer of some of the things that the Lord in his love and faithfulness have begun setting in motion since 1955 as our reference point, okay? He's always moving. <laughs> 1955 is our reference point. The Lord in his faithfulness and goodness began bringing that nation to its knees. In the same way that the prophets of Baal or, the, or when the, the kings of the old covenant or the pagans around the area of the Jewish nation, the Israeli nation, would worship a God that directly opposed our Heavenly Father as the one true God, the Lord would humble them in the very areas that they exalted that deity to possess supreme power in. The philosophy, the New Age religion of Juke is the idea that they need no one, need no God, and that their supreme leader is God. And so what the Lord has begun doing is bringing that nation to its knees through political events, through economic events. Um, he, has, he has allowed different things to unfold in his mercy to bring that people to their knees to recognize this philosophy is false. One of the things that's big on Juke 
is the idea that they are completely self-sufficient and need nothing. The 2011 U.S. Census Bureau reported deaths between 1993 to 2000 as a result of starvation from a lack of food, a lack of agriculture, to be conservatively between 500 and 600,000. That directly opposes the philosophy of UK. It directly flies in the face of the supreme leader who claims to be all-powerful and able to supply the North Koreans with everything they need. Okay, this is not exhaustive. I'm giving you just the very superficial, very just glossing over prophetic hindsight to understand what happens in the natural has its origins in the spiritual. When the spiritual darkness took a foothold in North Korea, the Lord began from the spiritual heavenlies, setting things in motion to allow the fallout to come into the natural, to bring the nation to awareness of the one true God. So what does this have to do with us today? Well, that's going to segue into the next point. We have a a very little bit of basic understanding of where North Korea has come from 1955, where their philosophy is now as an official nation, what their official policy is and their political agenda is, and how does God move in the world? Okay. How does God move? How does God get things done through the world since the release of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost? I'm going to run through these real quick. They're going to be Acts 1 8, Mark 16 15, Luke 24 46, Matthew 9 37 and 38, Romans 10 15, Matthew 10 8. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. That's a, that's a good handful of scriptures. That's about eight scriptures right there. It's not exhaustive. I'll read a couple of them to you. Acts 1, 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Matthew 9:37. Then he said to his disciples, "The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest." Romans 10:15. How are they that preach unless they are sent? As it is written, "How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news." Matthew 28:18. Then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. This is at Jesus' ascension, getting ready to leave, and he's getting ready to send the Holy Spirit to, to begin the church age, the age of the Holy Spirit living inside every believer. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. What did Jesus command them? The law of love. Love the Lord with all your heart. Love your neighbor with all your heart. Okay, that's what we command us, the law of love. Supersedes every covenant, all seven of the Old Testament covenants. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What does he say? But just before he leaves and he's getting ready for the Holy Spirit to come, and he tells them to wait until the Holy Spirit comes and empowers us, Right? So every one of us are empowered because everyone who's received Jesus as Savior has the Holy Spirit inside of us. So we have been equipped. After we're equipped, we were given to fulfill the commission, 
which is to make disciples of all the nations. The gospel, the word gospel means the good news. What is the good news? That Jesus came, sent of the Father, to reconcile every dead person back to the Father, to restore all things. And it starts first with salvation, with being cleansed from unrighteousness. Here's a key point I want us to hone in on. And surely I am with you always, verse 20, to the very end of the age. Guys, we're in the church age. He said he'll be with us even unto the end of the age. When this age ends is when the Holy Spirit is no longer on the earth. Whether we believe in pre, mid, or post-tribulation, it doesn't make a difference. As long as we're here on this earth, we have the Holy Spirit, we're part of the age where we're meant to fulfill the Great Commission. It's meant to be an outflow of the degree of love we receive from the Father and exchange with him. Okay, it's not about dead works. It's about our relationship is meant to be groomed and we're meant to seek intimacy, understand his love, grasp his love, be willing to let him deal with our wounds, lies, hurts, and pains. And then the outflow is we share the good news with those that, that haven't yet heard it or haven't yet received it, just like he did for us. Till the end of the age. Okay. That hasn't changed. That was given 2,000 years ago. We are still in that commission. He that believes in me, John 7:38, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. Here's a litmus test, guys. Do we believe in him? The word believe means to trust, to put a personal trust in. Do we have a personal trust in Jesus as our Savior and Lord? If so, the scriptures say, out of our inner being shall flow rivers of living water. Is the church flowing those living waters? Okay, so that's just, why am I sharing this? Because we need to understand how God moves in the world. He has given us the use of his authority. We have dominion as citizens of heaven to take dominion over this world. Does that mean that, well, there is a false doctrine and extreme to everything, guys, right? This is scripture, what I shared. Jesus says, in my name, you go and do X, Y, Z. Cleanse the leper, raise the dead, preach the gospel. That's, that's cut and dry. Not interested in, in the extremes of what people want to create these twisted doctrines about, you know, dominion now theology and all that nonsense. It doesn't interest me. I'm interested in doing what Jesus said to do as an outflow of me experiencing his love and the reality of his goodness that heals every broken wound inside of me. Okay. So how does the church fit into North Korea and what's going on in this hour? And all the talk of, of the things that are going on, what's our future, where we're we going. Okay. How's he moving in North Korea? Here's some things to know, guys. <clears throat> According to the Christian Persecution Watchdog Group, it's called Open Doors USA. Another great one is Voice of the Martyrs. North Korea um, has approximately roughly 400,000 Christians among its 25 million inhabitants. Okay? Very tight, very devout group of born-again believers. There are no wishy-washy believers in North Korea. Thousands are murdered every year. They're martyred for sharing the good news and being faithful to give what they freely possess, the love of God. They're willing 
to share and to die. One of the facts uh, that's interesting about the Christians that live in North Korea is they will not share the gospel with their children until their children are old enough to understand the consequences of their decision because they recognize that to speak about it before they understand the consequences of them sharing could lead them and their whole family to be killed and tortured. Just thought that was interesting. For the past 13 years, guys, North Korea has consistently appeared number one on the Open Doors watch list as the worst persecutors of Christians in the world. Okay, now we're just getting some, some back to natural insight, okay? No prophecy here. No hidden things revealed. This is natural fallout. The church in North Korea is persecuted more heavily than any other place in the world. And the types of deaths and torture that they experience are pretty gruesome. <clears throat> the Lord, now moving on to how he's moving in North Korea. The Lord has heard the prayers of the praying church in North Korea. Also South Korea. Okay, but we're focusing on North Korea. There are many, many devout Christians in South Korea praying for their northern countrymen. He has heard the prayers of the Christians that are under heavy persecution that have not shied away from sharing the good news who have not loved their lives even unto death. He has heard their cry and he is moving forth to deliver them. The praying and unified church guys in that land has touched our father's heart. He is going to begin and has already begun shaking the very foundations of that nation. And there is a great harvest coming to that country honoring the covenant the New Testament covenant that Jesus says I am with you always and I will show forth my word in you with signs following the born again Christians that are in North Korea the Lord has heard seen them and is honoring them and he is shaking the foundations of that nation to bring forth the harvest that they have been faithful unto death to tarry for. Things are going to be toppled and overthrown in the spiritual heavenlies over that nation. Demonic principalities will be uprooted and heavenly seats of government will begin to occupy the places where wickedness now occupies. Now here's some things that I've seen and I have not seen. Because I'll never share more than what the Lord has shown me. And the Lord tells me to share it, I won't withhold. We are not entering into the stage for World War III. It is not the time for it, guys. Now, I say sorry to some of you because when I go before the Lord and ask him why so many of us are hung up on this, He's saying because much of the church is not willing to look at their wounds and their pains and their fears, and they just want to leave. And they think that they're being faithful to my heart. And I am in love to attempt to compel you to reconsider your position on where your heart is in terms of it being aligned with the heart of our Heavenly Dad, guys. 
What's on his heart is intimacy with his church and reconciliation of those that are still going to hell. That's what's on dad's heart. Where you stand on those two issues are between you and him. In love, I'm just sharing with you what he has asked me to share on his behalf. It is not the time for the end of the age. Now, let me explain one thing at this point, guys. This is so important. Please hear me. Timing, when we receive insights from the Lord, is everything. Is everything. There are people that have dreams about something, and they share it the day after they get a dream. The day after. Guys, the principles of God never change. You look at the principles of God, how God moves, the prophets in the Old Covenant and the men of God that spoke, they spoke of events that weren't fulfilled in the nation of Israel sometimes for 10, 15, 20, 40 years. Some of them over hundreds of years. We get something from God. We do not discuss with him by and large timing at all. We don't discuss how this fits into his heart. We don't discuss how this fits into the past from, from the kingdom of heaven, prophetic hindsight to recognize where this plays into this. We just share very quickly whatever we get, not recognizing that he wants to trust us with more. If we cannot contain the hidden things that he first wants to share with us, he cannot entrust us with more because we're a liability. There's an awful lot of liability in the body of Christ in this hour, guys. We have our own agendas and plans in all different camps, all different ideas that aren't birthed from the throne room. They're birthed from our own agendas. And those agendas differ depending upon where our heart is or what we've gone through or what spiritual camp we're connected or affiliated with or that we identify with. Timing is everything. And for those of you just that wonder, I get this asked from time to time, you know, um, guys, the Lord has shown me some really horrific stuff. I mean, that's just part of the nature of, of, of some of the things when we touch the Father's heart. He's going to show us some amazing things. We're going to touch and feel his heart. We're going to bask in love in the rivers of life. We'll see the, the, the river of, of crystal sea glass. We'll see the throne room. We will also share other parts of his heart that are filled with pain and grief for his children that he died for that are going to hell that his reconciled children don't care about. Guys, that's just reality. That's a reality. And I've seen some of the things that are going to come. Have I seen everything? No. No. I know in part. I share in part what I'm supposed to, and I keep to myself in part what he says, David, don't share. But everything, every encounter, every interaction is meant to be an invitation in which he draws us in deeper and deeper to his heart so that greater communion takes place, so that as we interact, we're interacting with pure, undefiled love and holiness that comes from his own heart and throne room. Timing is everything, guys. The scriptures clearly say that there are great judgments coming upon the earth, which the purpose is to wake the lost up. Okay, before they come upon the earth at the end of this church age, his loving hand will continually be drawn, extended out, 
over his body, the body of Christ, to get us to return to his heart in all of our ways, not to pick and choose. We can't pick and choose. And timing is everything. We are not in this season of World War III. Because I said so? No. No. This is what the Father is on his heart, and it's your job as born-again, spiritual believers to go before him and iron that out between you and him. Everything has a season and a place. And one thing, and here, guys, if you want it, you say, well, do you have any scripture? Yeah. He said he's coming back for a pure and spotless bride whose heart beats after him. The church is not pure and spotless beating after him. We are, by and large, and this gets into the last part, what's he doing in in the United States? Well, where there's many different camps focused on many different agendas, each of us attempting to grasp a piece of his heart, but not yet willing to grasp all of his heart in all areas, which would be intimacy and reconciliation of the lost. Here's some of the things that are on his heart in regard to how this fits into the United States. Number one, guys, to recognize we are just one group of bodies divided by a lot of water. And each group, each culture, each fellowship has its own ideologies. The church in America has a spiritual climate that manifests out in the physical climate, in the natural realm. And uh, there are countries where there's severe persecution going on. Uh, to the top of the list, Yemen, Syria, Sudan, Afghanistan, and number one, North Korea. Here's the challenge, guys, of what he's trying to get us to come face-to-face with and to stand and gird ourselves before him in spirit and truth and make adjustments where we need them. Do we really think that we're being witnesses for the Lord Jesus Christ? Guys, there is no persecution coming that we're dealing with day to day. We can worship freely. We can have our Bible freely on a desk at work. We can pray with someone out in the open. We can openly share whatever we want on social media or anywhere else. I mean, you know, there, is there screening and scanning? Yes. But what I'm talking about, no one's coming out knocking at our door at 2 a.m., throwing us off in jail where no one knows where we go. That's happening in other parts of the world now. It is not happening in the United States. Many of us are interested in our own comfortable living or seeking things of the kingdom for our own benefit or to feel good about ourselves or hiding because we think that World War III is around the corner and we get to escape the pain and the wounds and the fears. We just, just Lord, just get me out of here. And uh, I say this with loving correction, guys, what's on Father's heart right now. And, and uh, he's looking to return to our hearts. There's no way, guys, that when actual persecution comes upon this nation, if and when it does, depending upon how the body of Christ responds, um, that we'll be able to share the gospel to the point of death when we, we're not even interested in sharing it now in a free nation. And I say that we're free because it's a relative term. Yeah, there are things that are going on in our government. Of course, guys. But in our day-to-day lives, as far as it affects us day-to-day, we are living in a free land that can freely talk about Jesus Christ. And a lot of us, um, we may talk about it with our Christian friends, but there's not a lot of love pouring out from us for the lost. And we can't fake that. We can only get that as we begin hammering this out with the Lord in our prayer time. Here's something I'll share with you guys real quick. Um, I usually don't share too much of my background. A lot of times I just don't have time for it, but here's a little bit. I grew up in a house that was atheistic. 
um, there was so much witchcraft in my family bloodline that by the time I was, you know, four, five, six years old, there were open demonic manifestations in my house um, through the great revival that took place, the Pentecostal outpouring in the 70s. I accepted Jesus at the age of seven, never looked back. Um, we grew up in, in really the height of that Pentecostal outpouring. My parents loved the Lord. They didn't know any better. We were so elated of the spiritual darkness that we were delivered from that we went to every teaching, everything that taught about, you know, the, 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 the satanic influence of rock and roll, the hidden signs in our culture, the peace signs, uh, the back, back masking that was going on in, in rock and roll music. Uh, the witchcraft that was going on in the pews, and, and every charismatic teaching that was going forth, there was a lot of truth in it. Uh, there was also a lot of excessism and lack of teaching on how to walk with wisdom. And we just didn't know any better. Um, my parents, especially my mom, were very outspoken. As a result, my older brother and I, we didn't know any better. We, were, we openly shared with everyone, with our classmates, with, um, with relatives, with the people around our neighborhood, the kids around our neighborhood. Um, we told our classmates we didn't dance. It was demonic. We didn't listen to rock and roll. That had satanic symbols in it, um, the peace symbols, anything else that we believed and knew that were open doors that led people to demonic bondage. I wanted to spare them of what I went through firsthand. And I went through some horrific stuff. By the time I was age seven, I had already gone through some horrific stuff, as did the rest of our family. Uh, we have a joke. You know, the Amityville Horror was a nice, you know, appetizer to what we went through. <laughs> okay. But the result is by the time that my brother and I were 12 and 13, we were outcasts in our classrooms and our public schools, and our neighborhood friends ridiculed us uh, incessantly. We, we got into fistfights almost every day for periods of time in our life. My brother and I would walk to our classrooms side by side together to fight alongside of each other when we got picked on for being called Jesus freaks. Um, my childhood had challenges. But here's another thing that happened, guys. I knew I was forgiven. I knew I wasn't going to hell. I knew he loved me. When I was a boy, I understood that. I, I held church services in our neighborhood clubhouses. And between my brother and I, we led almost an entire block of kids that, that we played with to Christ by the time I was age 15. And now, am I bragging? No, guys, this is normal Christianity. As a young boy, right, Jesus said we need to be like children. As a young boy, I understood what he saved me from. I didn't care about the ridicule. I never blamed God. I understood this is part of being a redeemed child of God, and these people didn't know any better. That was a lot on my shoulders as a little kid. My brother had a tougher time than I did. A lot tougher time. He... But guys, this kind of sharing is a byproduct of persecution when our hearts are filled with gratitude for being saved. I understood I had a good Heavenly Father. It wasn't until I was about 17 years old where I truly began to excel in my gifts that God had given me for self-gain. I, I realized, I began to realize I was extremely charismatic. The Lord desired to begin using my gifts, and instead of using them for the kingdom, I used them to protect myself. I used them to become very popular. I mean, prom kings, sports captains, I was gifted in sports. Um, I was in student politics. Uh, I was involved in everything. I was extremely popular, uh, you know, class vice president, uh, school board. 
I use my gifts not for the kingdom, but to make my life comfortable. And uh, it was about the age 20 where he began getting a hold of my heart and uh, began really correcting the spirit of Pharisee that entered into my heart. And, and that was it. I took off and never looked back. He revealed his love and goodness to me. And guys, why am I sharing this? I'm sharing this not because I'm special. Right? Our identity is in his gift of righteousness, not in what we do, our giftings or our callings. Two years now I've sat here pretty much every other week and we've talked about these truths. We need to begin embracing them with joy and with courage. We need to begin walking them out in our daily lives. If we're afraid to pray for someone and we've been proclaiming we're, we have the kingdom, we have authority, we have dominion, we're loved by God. He loves us. He loves us. Look at social media, right? We talk about every other uh, post is about how much God loves us. Well, why do we get our heart raised so much and why do we struggle to be able to go up to a stranger and share what God is showing us about that person? Or is it not even a thought on our radar while we're talking about how good God is? Guys, there's a disconnect. There's no condemnation here, church. Just calling a spade with a spade. This is love coming from the Father because he loves us so much. He doesn't want just to reconcile us. A great picture of this is David when, when Absalom was outcast. He, he was, David, Absalom should have been sentenced to death for killing his brother. He wasn't. But David said, you're forgiven. You stay in that city of refuge. I don't want to see you. And that's the mentality that many of us have. We've been, we've been saved from death, but we won't come into his presence. We won't draw an eye and deal with our issues, but we'll proclaim how good the king is, but from a distance. He doesn't want that. He died for intimacy. He sent his son for intimacy. So here's the point, guys. Um, the body of Christ in this world does not center upon America. We have one part to play. There is a very small remnant in the United States that has been praying according to the mind of God on certain subjects. And one of them has been for the persecuted believers all over the world and for North Korea's church in this hour, that they would be free to loose the good news and bring in a great harvest. But for many of us, we have other things on our heart, many other things, exciting headlines, wondering what if, just not dial into him. He's calling us to return, to pick up his heart. We have to look at why do, what is motivating us. Is it fear of rejection? Is it seeking approval or the opinions of others? Is it garnering self-worth by our calling or our gifts or uh, being different? Do we have an angry, judgmental, critical, whatever it is spread across in the body of Christ, he's calling us to return to him. And when we return to him, or we're spending time with him, how much of our prayer is focused on having our own needs met or asking him questions that are not based upon him healing our pains, but just kind of soothing our fear. He didn't come to soothe our fear, guys. He came to root it out so that we worship in spirit and in truth. He loves us without limit. And he's asking us to turn. If I'd be so bold and use the word repent, I'll use it, or if you don't like that word, call it what you want. The word means to turn from something to his heart. 
He's calling us to turn to his heart in all of our ways and commune with him in intimacy and pick up what's on his heart. Timing is everything. There's a season coming where the Lord is going to be toppling things over in that nation and we will see a harvest. That's what he's doing in North Korea. The church in America is to pick up what's on his heart. Guys, for those of us saying that we're part of the underground church in America, um, I'll go as far to say that's a mockery of the cross. There is no underground church here in America. We are not underground. We're choosing to hide behind rocks and in cliffs. We are free to share the gospel wherever we want. We are the head, not the tail. And in this country, we are free to proclaim to anyone who is hungry and dying the goodness of God. There is an underground church across this world, and they are dying as I share this message. So please, our hearts need to get into alignment with him. So in sum up, guys, you know, this is all about love. There's no condemnation in this. You know, I'm always interested. It's funny because I'll get a lot of feedback, a lot of feedback from people. They, they love the message. They're, you know, I'm on my, my website, they, they, I'll get tons of encouraging messages and how it's changing their lives. But depending upon the challenging thing that I may share, they, they, um, there's no public recognition of it. And it's not, the, it's not about me. I'm one member in the body of Christ. It's about that we, the church, are afraid we're afraid to disagree. We've lost the ability to differ on subjects in love. We just call each other false. Right? When in, in Galatians, when Paul and Peter disagreed and they had a, a, an argument about topics, did they call each other false apostles? We have here, if we don't agree with something, we just, we're just angry or we just want nothing but to soothe ourselves. And um, he's calling us to come out of that, guys. He's bringing a great harvest in North Korea that with the spiritual eyes, we will see it. He's sweeping over that land. There's going to be, um, there's going to be turmoil. We're going to see some things manifest in the natural realm. Um, we are not entering into nuclear Holocaust for this world. Um, will there be conflict? I have not seen the depth of that conflict. What he has shared with me is the timing it is not time for the end of this age. It's a time for us to return to him so that we can begin freely sharing his heart and lifting up those people that are being persecuted and are carrying his heart to the point of death. So um, I pray that blesses you guys. I know it's a challenging word, but as always, he loves you unconditionally. And I'm along this inside with you guys. Some sources for you guys, if you want to vet some of this, is christianpost.com. Um, voicethemartyrs.com, that's vom.com, opendoorsusa.org. Listverse.com is one of many websites, Christian organizations that will cite the most persecuted nations in the world and will give you some really um, interesting stories and descriptions of what kind of persecution they're enduring there. So praise the Lord. He's faithful, guys. He loves us without condition. And... um, I'm going to do something I normally don't do. I'm just going to, I'm just, I'm going to close in prayer here for all of us. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are a good and loving and all-powerful God, that you have placed the enemy under the feet of your children. I thank you, Lord, that there's no shame and condemnation in your word, that you are perfectly loving, speaking to imperfect vessels, whom I'm one of them. 
And Lord, that you draw us into unity to your heart. And that, Lord Jesus, as commander of the heavenly host, you come to take over, not to take sides. Thank you for giving us wisdom and insight to understand the times. And that we pick up your heart and have the courage to look at what makes us tick and bring it to the cross. To pick up the mind of Christ, your heart, and to walk who we are. And what was given in us that lives in our spirit would flow out through our soul and our bodies. I bless your church. I I speak protection over the persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. I thank you that their prayers are heard and you are moving on their behalf, giving them an eternal crown of honor for laying down their lives. Lord, I ask for forgiveness where we have not picked up your heart. Thank you that you removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. And you exhort us and encourage us to move after your heart in all of our ways without compromise, with joy, with love. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, um, I, 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 many of you have, um, have reached out and asked if there's other resources. Guys, I would really encourage you to go to my website. Um, there's some really interesting studies there that, that I just got wonderful feedback. They're, they're about the scripture, not about me, right? We're all members of the body of Christ. We all have a place pointing us to Christ. Um, a lot of them are the wilderness journey explains where the Lord has taken us. And, and each of you can identify with a part of that journey. Um, and some of them are understanding the times. I discuss a lot of these things in a series and understanding the times as the Lord leads me to share some things. Some of the things I'm sharing are things that, that I haven't talked about in 20 years and, and, and some of them longer. But it's the time and the season to share as he leads us to. So uh, I hope that website blesses you. It's dwmurray.com. If not, if not, I'll continue for as long as the Lord will have me um, here serving all of you and ministering you and hopefully pointing you to his heart and his love in all of our ways, myself included. Thank you for praying for me, for my family, and I love all you guys. So, um, Dorothy, um, before we sign off, anything or any questions raised up um, on your end that you see? No, I'm I'm glad you brought this out, though, because, you know, I've been getting that it's not time, and Father wants to do something marvelous you know, yeah. regarding harvest in yep. North Korea. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, this is good. This is very good because people need to understand that it's not all about us here in America. We're not the center of the universe. Sorry, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, amen, and that's okay. I can remember when, when I was the center of my own universe. <laughs> so, so, you know, I'm not casting any stones. Uh, I know all about being all about me. Um, but praise God, he loves us without condition. He never stops attempting to draw us out and, um, and to pick up his heart and have the courage. And, and so thank you, Dorothy. I agree. There's amazing things coming. And um, we just uh, continue to learn and what it means to have prophetic insight, to have uh, revealed to us his heart and mind and to learn how to draw upon it ourselves as we continue to let him transform our thinking and our hearts. Uh, I'm, I'm no one special. Uh, any, any more than anybody else is the righteousness of Christ. So praise God. Thank you, Dorothy. And, and Lord willing, we'll see you in two weeks. I'll be traveling next weekend. Uh, but after that, we'll meet back here and see what the Lord has for us next. Sounds like a plan, Stan. 
<laughs> Thanks, Dorothy. God bless you. Have an <laughs> awesome weekend, and I'll, I'll talk to you after uh, after we get off the air. I'll speak to you soon. Okay. Father bless, David. Father Good night. bless. Good night, everybody. Good night. and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. We were hope that you were blessed by this week's broadcast. Again, if this was your first time, please stop by my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's D-W-M-U-R-R-Y.com for additional teachings and insights. God bless you, and until next time, please dare to accept the fact that your heavenly dad loves you deeply. <laughs>